Andy Asaf and Julie Demay Osborne are here from Second City, and the occasion is actually that this is the 50th anniversary of Second City. And Julie, I guess I'll ask you this question. Sometimes with couples, uh, we'll try to figure out what is the anniversary. Is it based on your first date, your first kiss, the first time you went to bed together, or the first time you said, I love you? So precisely what is the 50th anniversary? I guess we consummated our love affair with Toronto in 1973. That's uh, celebrating the opening of our first venue back on Lamp- on Lombard Street. I used to live across from that, as a matter of fact, and back in the day, even before I moved to Toronto, I used to go to the old firehouse. Now, I mean, the roots of Second City is Chicago, mm-hmm. but Toronto's where it got really famous. Well, yeah, we were. that was three years before SCTV hit the airwaves and really changed everything in terms of sketch comedy here. Andy is an artist currently in the cast at Second City. I know you guys have been having an amazing run for the last few years, but is there sort of the feeling that you labor under the shadow of the great Second City legends? Uh, yes and no. I mean, we kind of had a, a hard reset after uh, the pandemic, right? So this this has been like a really fun time to like reintroduce Second City to the public, right? And of course, obviously, uh, you know, we have so many famous alumni uh, who have gone through the doors there. But it really is a special time now where we're kind of recreating what it is to be on that stage and the kind of comedy we do. So bringing things from the past, but also trying to create a new uh, kind of a new Second City for the current day. Okay, well, Julie, I can ask you sort of a similar question, I guess, that creating new comedy, which you guys are doing on a daily basis, when people are like, oh, I remember John Candy, uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes like daunting. Yeah, that, I mean, that is, like Andy said, a, a kind of heavy mantle to wear, but we never forget the work that was made. But our work is always created in conversation with an audience. So that keeps it fresh and lively and keeps you from being too bogged down with worrying about kind of upholding a mythical <laughs> status for the yeah. company. But we're very we're very connected to those roots. We still perform archive material on our, our touring company on our other stage in Theater 73, which looks like the old fire hall. It, like the set is designed to look that way. We still keep that connection there while making brand new work. Of course, and of course we still have the original set too in the John Candy Boxer Student Theater that uh, the original original floor from the Lombard Street. Okay. Yeah. Is that kind of sacred? Uh, <laughs> there's some good magic going on there, I, I hope. The original cast performed on it, so yeah. there's got to be some good energy there. We dedicated the space this past weekend with Chris Candy, John Candy's son, came up to join us, and it, we just love that our students have taken their sort of first steps in front of an audience, are doing it on those same boards. I think that energy has to carry into it a little bit. <laughs> Julie, you're the artistic director currently. I wonder, there's two aspects to Second City. One is you do scripted comedy. Mm -hmm. And then there's the improv, and we can talk about improv in a moment. But what's the the process that you use to generate new sketches? It is improv. (laughs) That is the process that we use. Yeah, it is uh, through re-improvisation. So inspiration is coming from the audience. And I feel bad stepping on this, because this is what you are about to go into process for a new show right now. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is, yeah, taking, uh, you know, we come in with ideas that are just seeds of an idea, premise maybe. um, And then we have to improvise in front of an audience to get it to a point where it's a full sketch. So a lot of it is written with our audience it's written with our castmates it's a very ensemble focused uh, way of writing so versus something like a saturday night live where you might write a sketch and put it to air for yourself or for uh, a castmate this is really 
created live on the spot and you see it over time if you come to see the show week one versus when we open it's going to be it's going to change and morph as we go throughout the run so that's that's really exciting so what kind of goes on in your head when you're doing an improv and you think okay this this you know this isn't just one scene we can do something with this how do you know i mean i think a lot of it is the reaction of the audience are they reacting to oftentimes it's is this something they find recognizable in life right that that's a, a a, a way in, of course, but often it's 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 trying to surprise the audience. It's trying to challenge them. Um, it's finding where they're at, but also bringing a, an idea that maybe they haven't seen before, uh, and that's all, always going to be based off of the reaction of the audience and what they're giving us. And then the second time you do it, you really find and then, out. Something. And then you really find out if it's funny because sometimes it's a fluke, and then you bring it back out and to crickets. So you know, it's 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 a, it's a challenge, but it's it's that that's what keeps it fun and different every night. And Julie, I have to think you're a former artist with the company? I am. Uh, well, yes and no, yes. <laughs> yes and no, yes. Okay. I am an improviser also. And, yeah. uh, oh, a million years ago, I used to do shows with the touring company. Because I am of a mind, I did improv for, for decades, that it's actually a philosophy by which you can run your life. And it's one of the reasons why you guys teach improv yeah, in a corporate setting. Because can we go over some of the aspects of why I believe that? One would be that you have to take what somebody gives you mm-hmm. and build it. And you cannot, like, if somebody says, this is my pet elephant, you can't say no, it's There's a no dog. elephant there. Yeah, yeah. you're not shutting it down. Yeah, that idea of working collaboratively. It's what Andy said about being in an ensemble. That's a core philosophy in improvisation, that you are in collaboration and conversation with the people that you're working with. It's also very much, Andy, about listening. Because mm. if you're not listening to the people Absolutely. you're on stage with, then what's the point? Yeah, I think of it as a almost like a Buddhist practice, where you have to be extremely present. If you're in your head, you're not being present with your scene partner you're not being present with the audience and and you can feel that when you're watching right so if you if you can get into a state almost like a flow state where you're here and with someone and listening to them that's where improv becomes chaotic it becomes fun it becomes uh, spontaneous and julie there's an aspect as well that i love that again trans uh, translates perfectly to a business setting in improv you must do something and give it to somebody else and they must make it better that's and then the give it yes back to you. Premise, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not enough just to accept the offer. You are building together. So, Andy, um, you're about to enter into the process now mm-hmm. of developing a new show. How? How? Like, do you workshop without an audience at all, or yeah, is it so all going to be improvising over in the front next of an audience? Ten weeks. About. Uh, we're gonna. Yeah. We come into rehearsal during the day and kind of pitch around ideas and talk about like some of the things we want to want to try out in the set that night. And so then we run the sh- the current show that's happening right now, Skyline the limit and at the end of the the, the two act show where there's a third improvised act and usually we just do improv but during process we're bringing in these new ideas and we're trying out these new ideas so it might be like oh I have a sketch about uh, I don't know uh, the skydiving so let's just go in there and we're two skydivers let's see what happens so and then over time as it gets more and more polished we're gonna put that in the main show and it has to survive as part of the main show and change over time so it, one by one the sketches will change until we have a brand new show. Is it still the same, Julie, that as it was when I had no money and oh, yes. people could come in at the end of the yes. show for free the to watch the improv? The improv always free. Yeah. Okay. So that, that sort of famous third act. And it's not just the main stage cast. Our touring company also does a third act on the nights that they are performing uh, in Theater 73. So Seven audiences a week, have yeah. two <laughs> incredible free improv choices and you're going to see something magic. Can I ask how rigorous you are about 
the very notion of improv. When I was doing it, we could not have recurring characters in the company I was in. We could not have, like, well, it worked really well when we did that magician thing the other day. <laughs> we, you know, we were extremely strict about that. Are you strict? I, strict, I don't think, is the word I would use. Especially, It's purpose-driven, right? So if we're improvising for the purpose of creating sketch you are going to see things recur. And it's not about the sanctity of this has never been done before, but it is about it being live, alive, authentic, present, dynamic. It, yeah. Once it starts to feel stale, that's where the problem and, is. And you have to be there to experience it. That's, I think, yeah. part of the magic is that the audience, like, if you ever see improv filmed, it doesn't work <laughs> because you have to be in the room and be part of that conversation and that sort of risk-reward of, like, they're going to try something and it might not work. And when it does pay off, the audience, too, feels like, oh, I was there I was when that happened, that. and I was part of that. Yeah. So I want to hear in your own words mm-hmm. how you would describe those times where you're on stage with another actor or many actors, and it's just cooking. And oh it's, yeah. It's just it's I cannot believe that this is happening, and we're making it up. Total. I mean that that kind of going back to the flow state. I think as an ensemble, you can get there too, right? As, especially the more you perform with people, we get to perform with each other six nights a week, so that's really special. Um, and over time, you know, you fi- you find these moments where you kind of click in i really i'm from montreal and we do a lot of narrative improv out there and that's so you're just improvising a full play or you're improvising a full musical and that can be so challenging but when everyone comes together and kind of clicks into okay this is what we're doing there's nothing there's no better feeling (laughs) no drug can match that (laughs) so 50 years yeah and i guess 50 more let's go okay thanks a lot good to meet you thank you thanks so much